Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. <laughs> Urban Meyer in big trouble, but bigger news. Did we do something to Joe? Like he, doesn't, he doesn't even he doesn't even sit around for two seconds after he does his Joe, sports centers anymore. Joe sits around if I tee him up. So uh, what I mean by that is if I say to Joe, "Yeah, I got something. I got to go over with Paulie," especially you, if you're the target of something that's controversial or there could be an argument, he sits in such happiness. He loves to watch it. Yeah, he loves it. He loves. Rarely do I have discrepancies with Josh, So, but it's primarily you. Yeah. And, so, and he loves it to be you. He loves it. Like, it's not even, he's not even done talking and he's walking out the door. You know, he's probably been assigned something on the parrot show he does in the morning. And uh, uh, so he has to service the parrots. I believe he did tell me he had to sit atop the throne. So maybe he was baking a loaf and he had to run uh, uh, out of here. Oh, speaking of poop. <laughs> what a, what a, what a transition here like on Speaking of poop, Paul, you have poop news, don't you? Yeah, I ruined a pair of shoes and uh, my jeans last night because I decided to empty my dog's poop can where you put the poop bags mm-hmm. when you're done picking up after and it had filled up with rainwater, and I was unaware, and it spilled, and I created this poop river in my backyard. Poop the whole river. The whole neighbor, like it was, my dog's 10 pounds, tops. Yeah. The whole neighborhood smelled. Well, how long had this been festering? In, like in- a week. Like I change it weekly, and it was the worst. Now, this is, uh, you You walk the dog, and, and, yeah, uh, and, then I and pick therefore up, you have to pick up the poop in the yeah, bag? Yeah, and then I carry the poop back to the Isn't house. Isn't there a spot you just let him run out back and... No, even I rent too, so I can't like. And there's neighbors like that share the yard with me, so I can't have. We gotta up that pay grade, kid. You ain't kidding. We gotta get you out of Poop River. <laughs> we gotta get you out of Poop River. It's a devastating place for you to be. But it was I'm not comfortable. It was terrible. Like, and I'm then. So how are the shoes ruined? They can't be fixed or cleaned or. I'm not wearing those again. Are they a pair of crappy shoes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, the jeans, like I got to wash. It was the worst. Now, why are you going to wash the jeans? But the shoes co- must have cost more money than the jeans. Cause this, Certainly. The, the shoes fill up with the water. You know what I'm saying? No. And the then shoes, gets, oh, it, then you got like. Uh, th- it was that. It was that much. How hard did it rain at your house? I'm trying to tell you guys this was a ca- it was a catastrophe. Like No, it was a dog catastrophe. Oh my oh. <laughs> This would have been There was on, no cat involved. I I can't it was epic proportions like of of disaster. I'm running down my driveway chasing bags with weak old Feces in it. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the worst. I'm wow. sure people are really happy to hear this. Story. Yeah, this is. We just lost any possible audience that we had. But I'm, I'm happy to go through this traumatic experience with you. And then I had to take the can because it smelled so bad, and fill it with bleach. Let's let's take my lead on this and continue talking about, it, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then at band camp, 
What else happened, Paul? And then it Tell all poured into the yard, so now the yard's going to grow at a ra- rapid pace now, I'm you guessing. think it's fertilizer? No, I don't think it's fertilizer. <laughs> no, it's not. Actually, they say that um, because of what a, a, a domestic animals eat, it's not good to use, because I have two mastiffs, and believe me, when they go, it's frightening. So I thought, oh, you know what, and I, and I take it all and I put it with a scooper off the property onto a like a pile. And so I called this guy from the garden center and I said, hey, can I throw this in there? Is it going to help my stuff? He goes, yeah, no, don't use um, um, your dog's stuff. Don't use it. Paulie, on the other hand, uses it as a cologne. <laughs> he does. It's a foot Shoe powder. cleaner. <laughs> exactly. All That's right, let's talk of... about Urban Meyer. Yeah, let's talk about Urban Meyer. So The poop's hitting the fan for him. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god where do i go with that um so urban meyer uh, to to uh update you if you're not following the story yet um he has a wide receivers coach who when he was coaching down in florida with urban meyer was accused of domestic abuse meyer knew about this incident in florida uh i don't think there was any major- he reported it and the police investigated and nothing came of it is right. my take on it okay so now, new allegations for the same wide receivers coach at Ohio State University have uh, arisen. Uh, and Meyer is on record in w- with the press as saying he had no knowledge of this or he would have acted. Uh, text messages have surfaced now that um, dispute, actually, they, they straight out prove that Meyer yeah. had knowledge. Well, of- his wife had knowledge. Meyer had knowledge, I, I believe is what they've gotten out. That yeah. Urban Meyer himself had knowledge of well, the Well, she said she was going to tell her husband that it happened. Well, well we might have read different things. Um, um, what, I, what I read was that there is irrefutable evidence that Urban Meyer himself had knowledge of the fact, which contradicts what he, what he said uh, to the press, that he had no knowledge of it. Um, and, and it brings up an interesting scenario, and that is that if you in my opinion you just have to watch the, the what the politicians over over whatever era you're talking about so for instance go back to richard nixon when watergate happened and nixon said i outright the rule of thumb was to deny any knowledge yeah. of anything he denied it they could prove that he knew and and impeachment follows and so on so and he resigns then ron reagan comes in some a decade later and Reagan with Iran Contra says, "Yeah, actually they did it, but I didn't know about it." Which, which actually worked well for Ron, <laughs> you know, yeah. to throw Oliver North and a few of the boys under the bus was was the way to, of the time to get away with it. Um, now the rule of thumb is uh, is you better admit it and take and you have to take action. The big part about it is taking action. Um, I know a guy who owned a TV studio. Uh, a small TV station, and and there were allegations that happened at his station, and he immediately suspended some of the uh, on camera guys on this new show, and 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 that showed that he cared and showed that he had taken some kind of affirmative action. For Meyer, now that he's lied about it, um, I think he's going to be in, in trouble. I mean, you know, because he's such a legend, he might get away with NCAA sanctions against him. A suspension, kind of a Beheim thing that happened, a slap on the wrist um, without pay or something. But he, you know, he Ohio, could get fired. Ohio State University could fire him for this. This is a, you know, with everything going on, Me Too and um, and the stuff that's uh, that's pretty popular right now, um, especially on college campuses. <clears throat> yeah, you know, he should have done something. I mean, I'm sure he's trying to protect one of his boys and 
you know, uh, whatever whatever his his theory on it is. But you know, this has probably been an ongoing problem. I doubt that there's been nothing. I would I would venture to guess that there, if this happened in Florida and then resurfaces ten years later in Ohio, um, it was happening all the time in between. Yeah. yeah. So with that said. Um, Two strikes, you're out. He should have fired this guy right away, and I think he's going to pay for it. I think Urban Meyer might be out of a job. Can we talk about how terrifying of a time it is? Just to, like, like I've never, I hope I haven't said anything that's fireable or everything you say now is is permanent. Like, everything you've like ever you, said or ever like done. you can't text people anything Mm-mm. because they'll hold on to it. You know, like this this story is a different animal. Like you should keep those text right, right, messages. Right, right, right. But, but like, you, you tweet something. Well, think about the it, political candidates we'll have in 25 years well, like, who have everything saved. Everybody can record your phone calls now, yeah, too. Everything Just, is saved. Uh, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't say anything anymore. You're going to have to talk to somebody behind a building like you're a spy in the 50s. Well, like, like, so, like so many different things, it has put you in a place of either it's the most minimum or you have to really thoroughly explain it. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that said... You know, you if you say anything that could be misconstrued, which in a text message, because you're not hearing the inflection of someone's voice, you know, you're reading laugh out loud, but you're not, you know, literally hearing the person, you can be held accountable for sure. Um, I think what you're going to find is that more people are going to video message each other. Um, People are going to turn around and and, in the time it takes you to type it or the time it takes you to say it, they're going to put the video thing on them so you can say, you can clearly see there, I'm, I'm kidding. Or you can, yeah. because that's a much safer way to do it. Um, uh, uh, that and the fact that people exactly, you know, you go back to like the days of Goodfellas, where you know Paulie would never let anyone call him on the phone. He had to go to his yeah. door and knock on his mm-hmm, door and mm-hmm. whisper in his ear. Yeah. That's how it's going to be done. But but the danger of that, um, and 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 the interesting thing about this about this is, um, is the is the moral uh, goal in life. Um, Urban Meyer evidently knew about this and he didn't act upon it and he will be judged for that fact alone whether or not they're going to sanction him because he lied about his knowledge but at the end of the day you go all the way back to and and, and forget urban meyer look at joe paterno joe paterno joe pa the, the 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 living legend still coaching at 80 years old at penn state and shortly after he left under um tumultuous conditions his tenure at at penn state he passed away uh, and and he will forever be remembered as a great coach, but also with a little asterisk next to it over the Sandusky situation. Mm-hmm. And and Joe Paterno did have knowledge, according to those around him, of what had taken place and didn't act on it. And so what it's what you're going to find will happen is more like the Roseanne Barr situation, where it's going to be swift. It's going to be you're, you're going to because of the way of 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 the wave right now that's going through the populace. You're going to be able to take that axe out. You don't even have to grind it. It can be dull and chop that head right off because that's the way you have to do it now. So if there is a, 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 a sexual allegation that goes on at our place and some woman says, I believe that his intention was and he touched or, or brushed against me or whatever, you're going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, what it, that's just the way you have to now. You yeah, have no choice. Talents. Well, you do, what you don't want, if you're the great one, Ed Levine, and, and I'm using myself as the person that's the perpetrator, you don't want it to come back at you. 
You don't want to be the person that didn't act accordingly, you know, particularly if there's a witness or, or you made an off-color joke and you made some comment about abortion or you made some comment about something that would be deemed, hey, man, that was probably a dumb thing to say. You can apologize and everything, but you better be the anchor man of that station if they're going to hold on to you. Otherwise, you're done. Don't you think it's a scary time, though, too, where just the accusation gets you fired now? Like... You're guilty immediately in the public Well, it's eye. starting to swing back. Like Chris Hardwick is an example of that. Chris Hardwick, who uh, hosts a, a bunch of AMC shows. You might not know who he is, but he uh, his one of his ex-girlfriends accused him of all these terrible things, and AMC fired him for the most part. They suspended him, quote-unquote. Right. And then it was investigated, and uh, this woman was, I guess, seen to be not factual, and he was brought back. But that is what he's saying. It's immediate. And hopefully that they come to their senses and investigate and you come back. But Well, I, I, I think that, you know, we get into um, a, an interesting conversation here. So with Urban Meyer, um, because there were enough facts behind the initial investigation, the university has decided to suspend him with pay. Uh, and, and, and they're going to probe this. Now, remember, too, just the accusation alone and the fact that it reaches a national um, level does irreparable damage to your to your career and, and your brand and your name. Um, he will be known, particularly for the seasons to come, if he's exonerated or not, um, as somebody who uh, did not act. You know, he didn't do it either. So it's, it's a way different than being the guy who did it. Um, I would imagine the wide receivers coach has been fired. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and what, what what was Urban's thought that like it would go away if he knew about it? What does he think is going to happen? Why wouldn't he just go? Well, right, I think right, he, right, I think it's one of those things that we got this far, you know. If he didn't know, like, but to Daniel's point, it's got to be swift. You got to cut it. We you made know, it this as soon far. as you find out. Well, this is back to 2015 yeah. that he that he was made supposedly made aware of this problem, um, and and certainly you would think that after it it coming to head in Florida. He would have cut. He would. Have, he would have fired the guy, um, you know. And and had he, he he didn't do the guy a favor either because had he fired him then he probably would not have fired him and made it nationally known that I'm firing you because of he was firing to protect the university, the program, and his own career. Um, he didn't do that. Which now this guy was not going to get hired by anybody. No, no one's going to hire him. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's uh, you know a, a, an abuser. Uh, he has brought and tarnished. Uh, uh, a well-known head coach and university that has a long legacy of greatness. So he's going to be, you know, he's really in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he probably needs to get into some counseling and so on and so forth. But the odds of somebody bringing him in, even if he's really good, are 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 pretty slim. Uh, Meyer, on the other hand, who has uh, taken a couple of programs to a national um, uh, titles, um, if he has to be dismissed for this. You gotta wonder, is he done? No, no, no. Someone will pick him up. There's so, at least enough degrees of separation. Yeah. I think as bad as, as lame yeah. as it is, he should have done something. But he should have. Yeah. He didn't do the. Yeah. and but, some but, but, small school will pick him up. Okay, so you you believe it'll be a D one smaller yeah, school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody that needs the help at Mississippi the, or something he, like that, and then he'll work his way back up again. Well, you know, it, you say that it's interesting, but see, not, and I'm not believe me exonerating anyone who's ever been charged with guilty of any kind of abuse. But the problem really lies um, with A, obviously the abuser, but B, these type of subsidiary contacts that don't act. 
because it, it sends a message that it's acceptable if you're doing something important enough to them or you're valuable enough to them for their for the, the job you're doing. Um, you know, there's uh, there should be immediate reporting of this as a law, you know, so it's just the same as uh, my children were involved in in a situation where. Um, an adult that was around them, I have to be careful how I say this, an adult that was around them, which was obviously not me or a Robin, um, uh, was accused of some things by the children, um, non-sexual. Uh, and so uh, when I brought them to have them spoken to by a forensic, forensic examiner, um, those types of examiners have the ability to um, get information out of a child, techniques that they've been taught to find out whether or not they've been coached or to find out whether or not what they're saying is consistent and truthful. And upon the end of the examination, the examiner came out to me and said, I'm so sorry, but this has to be reported as child abuse against this person. And I said, okay, well, you know, you got to do whatever you got to do. But uh, um, at that point, she, she by law has to report that, you know, and that should be the law in any workplace. You know, if you have knowledge, you're not doing anyone a favor. Listen, I got to let's go to break. I'm going to tell you about my car ride home from work yesterday. Sports without it. We'd be stuck talking politics and who needs more of that crap. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. So let me tell you what happened yesterday when I left work, boys. I didn't tell you the story yet. I was, I was kind of forced into a situation where I had to make a, a, a judgment call based on my experience. So I'm driving down the uh, 49. I love how you refer to the highways in this town. It's, like, right. no, it's, he, West it's, Coast way. it's a California, it's a California thing. thing. Yeah. Like how you're... So what should 80, I say? It's just 81. Yeah, we don't say the before. The, yeah, you call it the 5, the, you know, the 15. The 90. The, well, that puts the, but doesn't that tell the person where you are? That we don't do it that way. Yeah, that, we just that, say I was on I was on forty nine. I was on yeah. Route forty nine. I oh. I used to do it that way too. Growing up in San Diego, I used to call it the fifteen, the five. You know. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So I'm driving you, down. This is really stimulating to talk about. <laughs> I'm, driving, I'm driving down. I'm driving down the forty nine. Uh-huh. I don't uh, even know what that is. It's uh, my it's, neck of the woods. It's uh, uh, you go up the eighty one and then you bang a right on the North Shore. It's the the shore road for mm-hmm. Oneida Lake, uh, and I live like right in the middle of the lake, right on the water. So. I'm driving along, and uh, I'm coming up on uh, on AA Cole, where my kids go to school. Uh, and and just before AA Cole, this car comes up behind me. He's coming pretty fast. I, I catch him in the mirror, and he immediately goes over a double yellow, and he's going to go past me. And I look, and, I, and I'm watching him in the mirror, in my side mirror, and I look up, and there's a car coming in the other way. There's only one lane on each side. Yeah. So I look at him, and he's come coming up on my bumper. I'm like, he's not going to make it. I mean, the car's really close. So he. Goes right at the car. The other car goes off the road. To goes right off the road into the embankment, and he cuts in front of me. And I have to lock my brakes up to stop him from. He's going to sideswipe me. He's, if I had not hit my brakes, he would have hit me. And if the woman hadn't gone off the road, he'd have head on her. So, and I'm I'm thinking. So he goes, and then he and, and he goes up in front. I'm looking in my mirror at the woman, and she didn't roll or anything. She came to rest, and so I keep going along the way, going, "Wow!" So he slows down, and. We're driving for a little while, and he goes completely off the road, all four tires on the grass on the right, and then yanks it really quick, almost how I couldn't really see him, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing at this part, but what someone would do if they fell asleep at the wheel, because sure, you know, it, sure. it was violent, the recovery yeah. back onto the road was a, was a quick yank. Then he goes and does it again, four tires off, four tires off a third time, 
So I get up behind him now, and I get his plate and everything, and I'm thinking, this guy's going to wreck, or he's going to kill somebody or himself. So we're going into t- the town of Constantia, and he's going off, and, I, and I'm on with 911. And I give the plate number, and I say, look, and I, and I, th- I think if I could get the tape back, you hear me go, oh, oh, oh like, because I, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, he's a, and he bounces off the guardrail and comes back out of the road, and he's okay. So I'm flashing my lights at him, and he pulls into this, uh, this convenience store in, in Constantia, and I come right up behind him and put my bumper two inches from, like, he's not backing out. Yeah, he's <laughs> his not his, out his driving yeah. days are done mm-hmm. now. So he gets out of the car, and he's a kid. And he's he's just a mess. <laughs> he's really he's on something really bad. So he comes out. He goes, "Hey, sorry, man. It's a brand new truck, and uh, there's something wrong with the steering. There's definitely something wrong with the steering." I went, "Something's wrong with the steering, huh?" I said, "Hey, buddy, um, you're you're not driving anymore." So he said, "Oh yeah, you don't have to call anybody. You don't have to call anybody." I said, "I'm on with nine one one right now, so I'm just going to let you know now. Yeah, they're coming." And so he immediately goes into the truck, opens up the center console, he's scurrying around in there, whatever. Then he goes into the nice and easy. I, I'm going to guess he headed straight to the bathroom to dump whatever he had. Sure. But, but here's the best part of what he did. So the trooper comes up, and I get out, and, and, and they're really good fast responders out there. These guys are no joke, man. You, you, know, you call out there, and you tell them someone almost killed someone in a car. There was like 10 people out there yeah. in, in two minutes. I mean, and, and the cops out there are great. So uh, this trooper comes up, uh, and he said, I tell him, I, I'm worried for the kid. If he gets in a car again, he's going to kill himself, or he's going to kill someone else, which really is not his right. If he decides to go off an embankment, that's a terrible choice. But to take some mother with two kids in a car, I'm not going to allow that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be a rat either, you know, but he was so bad yeah. that I didn't have a choice. So I think he got. I think he probably ended up getting locked up. But anyway, the... The, the cop goes, well, can you walk in the store and just point him out? And I said, okay. So, and I, and I look in, and he's sitting with an employee of the uh, of the store. And I recognize the employee. She's like the manager or whatever. And I thought, oh, gosh, I hope it's not like her kid or something. <laughs> I just threw him under the yeah, bus. Yeah. You know, but I, I, so the cop goes, okay, listen, thank you so much. He has my phone number and my license and blah. So I go home. So then his partner, a second trooper, pulls in the driver, and Robin goes, the cops are here. And so I go out and talk to the guy, great guy. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, you know what he said? So he, got, he went in there, and he got stuck in there. Like, he didn't know what to do because you weren't going to let him back out. So he went to the manager and, and applied for a job. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he could have an excuse while <laughs> he was why in he's there. there right? So he's sitting across there, and the trooper goes up and goes, hey, do you want to have a little talk about the car wrecking out there? And I think, oh, I guess, could, uh, do you know him? And you go, no, he just came in and asked me if I could have a job. So I'm interviewing <laughs> him right now because we're hiring. Oh, wow. Was <laughs> that great cover? Yes. Kid was smart. Still on his toes. I've had to do that once where I called, I was getting off of uh, the 81 yeah. at 7th North Street yeah. and a car was coming down. Oh, no. The exit. What'd and you do? So I turned sideways and they, like, I saw him coming. So I turned sideways so they couldn't get onto the highway. And then they turned around and went back. But I didn't get a chance to follow him or anything, but I called the cops and said, hey, there's this guy in a, in a Cadillac trying to get on 81, the 81. The 81 the wrong, the wrong, wrong way. way. Yeah. Well, you assume when you see one, you know, you might have been texting or doing something stupid, and this is why they tell you not to do that. But when you see four times... He's not enough. And that, and that woman, thank God, she yanked that thing. He, that, yeah. you know, and, and, and you don't... 
really think about it when it when you're in real time and it's happening. But if a car's doing 45 miles an hour in one direction and you're doing 45 miles an hour, that's a 90 yeah. mile per hour collision. Yeah, people are gonna die. Yeah, know? yeah, you're, you're dead at 90. No, you were right to do that. Man. I'm glad <clears throat> yeah, he got I caught. Feel, I feel I feel bad, but I hope he gets help because uh, he evidently told the cop. You see, yeah, I'm on Suboxone right now, you know, blah, blah. and so, you know, that would probably be a, an opiate blocker because he has a problem of some kind. I don't know how many Suboxone he was on, sure. but I don't think you're supposed to be driving under those no, conditions. No, so no. I hope this kid, uh, I hope he uh, fares well, and uh, if uh, if he needs help, he can uh, he can reach me at baldwinhelp at iCloud.com, baldwinhelp at iCloud.com, and anybody out there who has a family member or a friend that's suffering with some type of addiction or alcohol problem, I'll show up living room and I'll take care of them for you. You can just email me and, and I'll call you. And we'll be right back with more of The Big Show. Hi, it's Jim Beheim, and you're listening to The Pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is The Daniel Baldwin Show. I, uh... Hello. Hey, how are you? Hi. Good show good. today. How are you doing? Your, your feet, you know, I think I that did there's not... residual... Did you wash your feet after the poop incident? <laughs> I showered everything. I did not load the, uh... The uh, so what open. So I'm just killing time right now. No, he's, he's terrible yeah. at his job. Right, I so got Josh it. Josh is ready. I'm ready. You're not ready. I'm so excited. It's time for... Uh, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio! You understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Syracuse University will pay Connecticut $350,000 to play September 22nd at the Carrier Dome. Okay, pay- okay so I want, I want to understand this. Because I saw this, too. This is not a so what. Does Clemson pay us... To go down to Clemson and no, play. no, no, that's conference, right? So this is because it's a non-conference situation. That w- and that's is, is that the stereotype? Is that the is that the well, for standard example, operating procedure? Western yes. Michigan's going to pay us three hundred thousand dollars to go do their home opener. So Western Michigan only pays us three, but we play UConn three fifty to come up here. It's the shortest travel. What's up with that? I don't under I don't know the whole money uh, situation, but you'd think that UConn Syracuse would not. Be one of those ones where one of the schools is paying. Yeah, like you that, pay the bigger team to show up because people will buy tickets to that. Well, yeah, but yeah, pl- no, well, it's not that. Like most schools won't come play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a UConn doesn't want to lose to Syracuse. You know, it's a no-win situation to play teams like Syracuse. So I get why you have to pay. Well, UConn's on the come. I mean, they're not a known. They're a basketball school, yeah, especially girls. They were girls. terrible last year in football. So who knows? Well, I, we're I don't talk about that in the final segment with my. My uh, ACC surprise team this year. Oh, I can't get why these schools do this. Like, it's got to be a mutual benefit. Well, yeah, I think UConn feels obviously that they can beat Syracuse to take that game. I think they got to feel they can. They're not traveling into Florida State or Clemson or something. They're coming up to a team that won five games last year. Four, or yeah, five? four, four. So, um, yeah, I, I think UConn thinks they can well, win. Yeah, and you look stupid if you pay these teams that you you're supposed to beat. And they come up and beat you. So you're you paying three hundred thousand dollars. Middle Tennessee last year, yeah, you just got your ass kicked. And, yeah, yeah. What did they pay Middle Tennessee? I don't remember. Did it was they somewhere pay up there? Yeah, yes, did they, they pay did. Middle Tennessee yeah, to come? Yeah, that was the big deal. They paid a ton of money to get to get a loss. 
They're supposed to be buying wins. Yeah. <laughs> they got a loss. Yeah, you want to buy some wins. Let's get... Uh, what was the team that went up to Michigan? Was it App- Appalachian? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Appalachian State went up there and beat Michigan. Wow. Cool story, bro. Yeah, that's a great story. Not a so what. All right. Not a so what. After giving up 25 runs <laughs> on Tuesday night, yesterday the Mets held the Nationals to five and still lost. Isn't that sad that five runs is holding? Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. five runs, if, I, if you took your 180 games that you play a year and scored five runs in every game, you'd win 120 of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of runs still. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's not so They lost 5-3. The, the Mets are terrible. In an unprecedented and for the first time ever deal, the NBA and WNBA have teamed up with MGM Resorts International to share data of basketball games with gamblers and bettors in Las Vegas. How sad is your life if you're betting on WNBA basketball games? (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you're that into gambling... If I was going to be able to fix any game, it would be a WNBA game. I get in there and go, yo, what's up, Shamika? The concern is that (laughs) now that... People are concerned that there is a deal being made between the NBA and a casino, and what that can only be bad. But they things. don't care. They don't care. Listen, it was the rule of thumb. I was a professional sports handicapper in the eighties, and I, it was my job to pick the outcome of games versus the point spread. And so I had a lot of clients. I did very well with it. And I will tell you now, the rule of thumb was. You would never have a professional franchise in the city of Las Vegas because of the possible influence gambling could have on the outcome of a game. You could then reach, uh, the people that play a lot of money could reach a player, reach a coach, reach a referee, whatever. You now have a professional hockey team that went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, and you have a football team about to move in next year. So the, all, all the, the, the rules went right out the window. Uh, the 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 logic of worrying about gambling. So you know what they're gonna they're gonna get involved in it now. They're gonna get involved in it. They're gonna make it. But it's all about money. They don't care. The the country's going to hell in a handbasket. Everyone's on the take. Wow. After months. Hold of, on. I just wanted to let yeah. everybody know WNBA line tonight that uh, you want me to pick? Los Angeles is minus three against Minnesota. Oh yeah. In case you, I don't know. Okay. LA, Who's playing that game? The Mark. LA somethings versus the, the Minnesota. The Minnesota Minnesota Banshees. I don't know what it is. I'm gonna take purses. L- I'm gonna take LA minus the three at home. Oh, okay. okay. And I'm gonna give a call to Lisa Leslie and see if I can reach one of the players. And the Indiana uh, women problems versus the Dallas somethings is eight and a half. Oh, no, right. I'm only I'm, minus I'm, eight and a half I, Dallas. I, I I can only have an influence on the LA game. All right. <laughs> After many tumultuous months and drama, it is a not official, but speaking uh, with representatives, Good Odell story. Beckham and the New York Giants are now in negotiations for a new contract. So what? So what? Yeah. I mean, so what? I want to know what's going to happen. How many more seasons does Manning play? Two. He's going to play two? Yeah. Is that his deal? I, I don't know. That's just me throwing a number out there this to make year, this sound like year? I know what you I'm talking about. You don't think this about. year becomes his swan song? No, I think he's got two more years left. He's a man. Two more years. He's a man. <laughs> he swam in Poop River. He's a man. Uh, wow. And then I've got, well, I... What do you got? Bring it. I, wanted, I, want, I don't want to do it for a kicker story. I want to do your child support story in the next segment. So this is my kicker right here. New Jersey man and his brother have found five Mickey Mantle cards from 1952 
with the uh, most valuable one being worth about a million bucks. So the other ones are uh, within there, but five 1952 Mickey Mantle cards. Where does he find them? So it's not really finding. They were They've in, been his, in mom's his, his mom's attic. They, and then him and his brother collected cards in 51 and 52, and they never did anything after that. They put them in a box. They went in the attic. His mom lived to like 102 years old. He's going through the paper one day. He sees that a Mickey Mantle card from 1952 sold for like two, like two point five million, and he goes, "Wait, I think I got some of those." He goes to the attic with his brother. They find five of them, not in the quality that the two point five million dollar one sold. Close, so they had Close. they had a couple that are million dollar cards. So he, they they he knew he had them. He just didn't know what they were worth. And now he's selling. See, them. you know, the only thing that makes this a, a not a so what. Is if these guys both own like a landscaping business, and that the you know if they're worth a ton of money and they no. found another million? No, but, they're not rich guys. They're just New Jersey dudes. Oh, good, a couple good. of New Jersey then dudes. I love the story. Then it's great. I sucked at baseball cards. <clears throat> like all my cards aren't worth crap. I still have them in my attic, and they're not worth anything. I went through them two weekends ago, and they're like all my. I thought I had all these Allen Iverson rookies. They're going to be worth something now. Well, nope. the best part about this, Daniel, so in 1980, he knew that he knew what he had, yeah. but he didn't know what he had. He has this collection, goes to a, a dealer, dealer sees what he has, dealer offers him $8,000. <laughs> dealer no, goes, yeah, I'll give you eight grand for all those, yeah. Well, now, you got to think if you're the dealer, and you know, maybe back in 1980, they weren't worth anywhere near well, a they, million, they had to, Well, they had to be worth more than eight, eight grand. grand. Well, well, but, but that's my point. Why wouldn't the guy have gone, you know what, I really love Mickey, uh, let me... Let me give you thirty grand. Like, like really bumped it up to make it impossible for the guy to say no. And then you're still sitting on a million bucks. And then just put him in the vault. Put him in the vault. He didn't sell at that time. Put him back in the attic when his mother passed away in 2006. He knew they were up there. And then finally saw an ad in the paper, and he wanted to sell off, man. My Mark McGuire's aren't worth anything. My Greg Jeffries, those. Why are is Mark to... McGuire not worth anything? They just they oversaturated the market with yeah. They put a ton of them in the market. And now there's just crap. They're not worth anything. Should we go back over what my cards are worth? You probably got $4 billion <laughs> worth. No, no, no. no. His <laughs> Daniel Baldwin cards. Dan- yeah, my card. Oh, yeah, you had, one, you had one worth that was worth 40 bucks. 40 bucks. Your homicide I'm, card. I'm in. I have a really weird card that I can't find the price tag on, and I'm guessing it's in the 20s, but it's it's a, this is really dark. It's a Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho used matte card. So, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, Chris Benoit's tragic ending there. Yeah, so it's like, I'm wondering if it's worth anything. So, I gotta. Well, isn't it ironic that when the the athlete or the artist or whatever, when they pass, then suddenly it just vaults? But his was a, you know, he he killed himself and it was a murder homicide. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, you don't want to like go out and say anybody want to buy this card. Meanwhile, Polly's sitting on an original Alec Baldwin autograph sketch. He's putting coffee cups on it for God's sakes. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, whatever the sketch. It's get, on my desk. Did it's you get not, it framed? Not yet. Did you get that framed? I don't make frame money. <laughs> Do you need some help with some frame money? No, I'm good. <laughs> right. Other side of this, I think the best advertisement for condoms ever made will be how much Blake Griffin has to pay in child support. Wow. <laughs> wow. I thought I had it bad. We'll come back. I thought I had it bad. We'll wow. tell you that next.
This is Yankees on Deck with Seth Goldberg and Matt Michael. Sonny Gray, you know, pitched great. I'm not in any way going to get excited that he's doing any, you know, that oh, he's about to break Beating out. Beating the Orioles <laughs> doesn't excite you? He's now 3-0 and with a 2.00 ERA against, against the Orioles. Them. And his three best starts are against Toronto and, and Baltimore and Kansas City. I know. Everybody else. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Against everybody else, he's Scott Kamenicki. Yankees on Deck weekdays, 6-7, to 7, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Join Stephen Fonte and I Monday for the return of Orange Nation. Weekdays, noon to 2, here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hello. Writing an email as we speak. Very busy during the show. You're a man of... uh, It is. I'm multitasking. So let's talk a little bit about... Sorry. Got a frog in my throat. Let's talk a little bit about, about um, our big meeting yesterday. You want to talk about it? Yeah, really quick. Daniel Baldwin Show is brought to you by great sponsors, Cam's Pizzeria and Baldwinville Gen- Baldwinsville General Dentistry. Go to sleepbville.com. There you go. Wow. <laughs> I got to get into Baldwinsville Gentle Dentistry. All right. What, what do you want to talk about, this meeting? or? Well, let's talk about the future. What's going on? I went in to see the great one. Oh, you did? Um, I, I went in to see him, uh, and I got, I'm getting ready for a conference call. He put the hand up on me and mm-hmm. and, and showed me the door. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my, my usual treatment lately. I've been getting that one a lot, too. You've been getting that it's one? It's not just you. I think I'm going to go, um, I think I'm going to go through uh, Pam. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like start bringing myrrh. You're the mole. Myrrh and incense. and You're turning into a mole. You're uh, going above. No the... one will ever surpass you in your moldom. Okay? <laughs> you, you are. Moliness mole. You are the mole supreme. But the, even, even the Lebitard show acknowledged you as the mole. Mm-hmm. Like we got a guy on the inside, they said. They got a guy. The producer of our show, Josh, mm-hmm. is a guy on the inside working with the Lebitard show against us, I might add. Did you see this 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 number that that Blake Griffin has to pay, the answer is two hundred and fifty eight thousand dollars a month. Oh. He has to pay in child support. Oh. I can't even do the math. Well, he well three he's making three million a year. He's oh. ma- yeah, three yeah three point zero nine six million a year. What's he make a year? He's making thirty five million. So oh. it's not like he can't afford it. But you got to remember. If he's making thirty-five million, he, he pays that off the top. So yeah, it's a deceptive number. And I'm not crying for Blake Griffin that, that he can't afford it. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's I- it's for your children. But 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 let me let me let me finish really quick and then and then jump in. So if he's paying thirty-five, he's in the forty percent tax bracket you know, for forty-two. So take fifteen of it and knock it off. So he's down to twenty million. Okay, so he's got twenty million. Then he pays ten percent to his agent. And five percent, at least, to his uh, his lawyer. So f- at least fifteen percent of the thirty five is coming off. While you're doing this, is, I was listening to Jalen Rose talk about this too. Something that people don't factor: in, the insurance that these people pay on themselves, on their houses because there's so much, and their cars. 
there that's another 10 percent of your pay gone right off the top too. yeah oh yeah and, and and so but the the great thing about that is is that when you're lobbed into the 42 percent tax bracket like some of us are which is the highest in the u.s you also incorporate and when you incorporate you're given much more levity as far as write-offs so those expenses for his corp to insure his car because it is true you get into a car accident and it's not the same because as soon as you get out of the car and they see it's Blake Griffin, yeah, your, your neck hurts a little oh, more and, uh... and you're going to take off from work because you're mm-hmm. waiting to get paid. Mm-hmm. And the easiest thing to do with these people is to settle with them. So you, you get what's called an umbrella policy, which you know I'm sure he has uh, $10 million, yeah. which costs tens of thousands of dollars a month to have mm-hmm. you know, for how, them to pay that out. How many kids does he have? Do they say? There's two kids involved in this and she, to protect herself, she's not like a former... WNBA or, or 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 some famous basketball player, uh, the 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 uh, the mom, and so uh, the story is is that um, she went in and had a paternity test to, so there would be no disputing that they were his kids, but that he dumped her to go date one of the Jenners, <laughs> so so he said okay we are, we're done, and told him to leave the house and blah blah, and so I think she's probably a little. A little angry. So is that money until they're eighteen, and then, yeah. then it's then it's over? Uh, some some will put it till twenty one. I had to, I, I I had to pay until I now have full custody of my children, so uh, I I don't have to pay that number anymore. Son is named Ford. Daughter's named Finley. I don't get my I, daughter's name is Finley. Yeah, I get that the that you should pay your kids. Yeah, but that much money though. Well, yeah, because c- you know when you're paying your your federal tax or your, or particularly your state tax, and you think. How many teachers should I be responsible for paying for their salary for versus the guy, you know, who obviously doesn't make as much money, so he has to pay, or or the or for that matter, the guy who makes fifty times more money than me and has to pay millions of dollars in taxes. At what point does it should they just come up with a flat tax that everybody has to pay? All right. That's cool it. Cool show, we're going, bros. We're going, we're we going down on the flat tax we, night. Yeah. We span the rivers of Poop. Feces we went- to flat tax. <laughs> wow. We hit it all. We hit it all. Feces to flat tax. That should be the title of our show today. <laughs>